0: Hello and welcome to episode 2 of Living Value, a podcast about living your best life and making the world a better place by living in a way that brings value to yourself and others. I'm Tofa Field and on this podcast I interview people who I believe are true examples of living value, people who create value in 3 key areas: in business and finances, in relationships and community, and in the area of ideas. If you're enjoying what I do with this podcast, then please head to topherfield.locals.com and join my community of supporters. Locals.com is like a Patreon, but without the political correctness and the threats of deplatforming. And that's where you'll find a community of people who make this podcast and everything else that I do on my blog and in my videos possible. So check it out at topherfield.locals.com. That's T-O-P-H-E-R-F-I-E-L-D.locals.com. And become a supporter so that I can keep making this content, which hopefully you are getting a lot of value from. Today's guest is Karen Alsop, an incredible multi-award winning artist. She's known around the world for her work in photography and Photoshop and the way that she puts those two skills together. She has successfully turned her art into a business and can genuinely say that her art is changing lives and building better communities. And to top it all off, she has contributed to improvements in ideas and technology in her field. She is truly an example of living value. You've probably never heard of her, but if you follow the links we give you during the podcast and you see some of her incredible work, I promise you, you will never forget it. So without further ado... Karen Allsopp, thank you so much. I really appreciate you making time for this podcast. I'm really looking forward to this chat, and I'm a little bit concerned that we have too much to talk about in the the time that we have. So I really want to dive in, but I can't help myself. I do have to ask, what is it like living with the name Karen right now, given all the nonsense that is going on around that name?
1: Oh, it's just, it's really irritating, I must say. Um, Look, I I am... at times a little bit of a Karen though. So for me, (laughs) (laughs) I'm a nice Karen, but, but I do, uh, I do think that customer service and, you know, good customer service is important. So I will speak up if something goes wrong and, Quite a few things have gone wrong, you know, in my life Ooh. in the last few weeks with deliveries and, and things like that. So right. but, you know, I have to so sort the... of stop myself because I feel like I'll just be labeled as a Karen if I complain at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: yes, uh, very frustrating. But um look, moving on from that. That's not that's not the object <laughs> of the of the podcast. Now, for those who don't know, you are a sensational photographer, but you've paired that as well with just incredible Photoshop abilities and then paired that with A business model where people actually come to you for those services combined which makes Mm -hmm. you an incredibly unique artist uh, both because of the the work that you do but also because of the fact that you're actually at least somewhat successful in business this is a (laughs) this is a a slightly unusual combination but before we get to what you do now I want to kind of rewind and go right back obviously you weren't always a photographer you weren't born with a, a camera in your hand what was it that brought you into photography and did you I mean photography is a huge area you can go into so many different directions did you already know going in what niche of photography you wanted to move into or did you just kind of like photography
1: I, I really loved photography um, from a, from quite a young age. My grandfather was in the camera club, uh, my, my nana was as well, but he was very involved, he was winning awards. And uh, when I was around 15, 16, he got me really interested, helped me set up a darkroom. Uh, I tried all sorts of different photography and I sort of went on to study that alongside teaching and music. Uh, so... I had this whole plan uh, as I was in secondary school to become a music teacher, primary music teacher, and to also run a business on the side that incorporated uh, graphic design and photography. And so I sort of pursued that, uh, knowing that too long term that I wanted to gradually cut down on the, the teaching at the school and build up the business. So I had the plan pretty early on and I pursued that and, you know, after Seven years of teaching primary music, I went full-time in my photography business, which was that, primarily portrait and wedding at that time.
0: That is an astonishingly level-headed <laughs> set of life goals for a young person. Uh, my life goals were, did not look anything like as reasonable <laughs> as, uh, as what you've just articulated. Tell me about the very first paying client did you, you know, some people have confidence and they, they mm-hmm. know that they can do it. Other people, it's terrifying. <laughs> what was it like for you? And, and where did that client come from?
1: Oh, that's going back a really long way. I was, oh, you now, know, now.
0: You're, you're not that old. Oh,
1: I'm. I, talking 20 years though. So <laughs> I, I mean, I vaguely remember a few things, probably the one that I can explain maybe is when we went into wedding photography. So I'd been doing graphic design for bed and breakfast brochures for uh, for a while but just going into that that photography business full-time and so my first wedding shoot was uh, my cousin's and Mm. uh, we I had a film camera so the reason that I went into graphic design to start with I think was uh, you know having film camera it just didn't seem like I could do a lot with photography at that time, but then the the digital SLR came out, and um, I we myself and my husband Stuart we shot the wedding, and the day that that camera came out was the day before that wedding, so we took wow. the camera we took the digital SLR that we just picked up. Uh, and basically shot the whole wedding with the digital SLR, and it was great. It worked out really well. It was a bit of a stress to start off with shooting a wedding, but enjoyed it. So we sort of followed through with that after.
0: In a past life, I I have spent time videoing weddings, and, and I know as a videographer or as a photographer, doing weddings is incredibly stressful. Uh, doing your first wedding even more so doing your first wedding with a camera that you got your hands on the day before that is a whole new technology which you know in your personal experience was unproven at that point in time would have to be probably the most stressful way that you could possibly shoot a wedding so well done Um, that's that that is that is the way to fly by the city of pants all right, so fast yep. forward a little bit because you're not known just for photography now. You are really known mm-hmm. for, the, for the synergy that you bring between your photography and then just the incredible um, Photoshop work that you do yep. to yep. combine multiple different photographs and create these insane scenes. And I'll talk a bit more mm-hmm. about that later on. But first, I want to hear how did that journey happen? How did you go from I'm a photographer to now mm-hmm. being the artist that we see today?
1: Well, you know, I'd always loved digital art and graphic design, and I, f- I could never draw, so this is my form of art, but I'd, I'd never really taken it seriously. And it actually wasn't until we had kids, mm-hmm. uh, and so we're talking, um, Jaslyn's uh, nine now, Ash's seven, so a number of years ago, um, we, we had kids and shooting weddings because that was our primary focus, oh, yeah. became much, much more difficult. Yeah, that's, that's not on. <laughs> so, yeah, so <laughs> it, it was a bit of a journey of actually, okay, what can I find now that I can be passionate about, uh, mm-hmm. that I can do creatively, uh, that I can work around family life? And so kind of took a bit of a journey around different types of photography and kind of landed on the digital art. And then, I mean, it just went from, testing it out to starting to win awards and realizing that this was the thing that I wanted to throw myself into.
0: Well, it is interesting to think that you, you really are known for this now, and you're, you're a multi-award winner. You are, I think it's fair to say that your name, within industry circles, your name is known by other industry professionals, literally right around the world.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: it's interesting to think that you became, you became Karen Alsop, this amazing <laughs> artist, almost out of necessity. You were kind of cast, yeah. from what you just said, you were kind of casting around like, oh, crap I can't keep doing what I'm doing what am I going to do now (laughs) and isn't it funny how sometimes fate or whatever you want to call it can lead us in that way you know it's
1: Ah, oh, it's so true. I mean, I, I just, I'm so thankful that I took this direction, that I took the leap because I'm so in love with what I do uh, and every aspect of it. But I wouldn't say that I didn't like what I did before that either. So I think always in life I've tried to find things that I have i can be passionate about, that I can actually love doing. And um, from that, you know, it just grows and changes over the years. But, mm. yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah.
0: So tell me a little bit about the spectrum of, of what you do now, because there's, there's, you've kind of got niches and sub brands within Mm. what you do. You also do education as well, because other people, your work is so well known that other people actually want to learn from you, how you've done Mm. what you do. So can you just cast for us a bit of a picture of, of what it is that you're involved in today? Bring us up to the present.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, education, um, I guess I'll start with that because education, as you sort of heard earlier, I I was a teacher and so that's always been a big part of what I wanted to continue to offer. Uh, And so, but that comes out of, as you said, people knowing my work. So I I do, what I do uh, in story art is create images made up of multiple photos that I take. So I try and take all of the different elements, blend them together to tell a story uh, in one photo. And that is something that I can do for so many different types of clients. So I've got commercial clients, domestic clients, my work with the heart project, which I'm sure we'll go into a bit Mm -hmm. more. And um, yeah, all, all these different types of clientele, but what I do um, and how I do it has a real kind of, I guess, formula to it. And so it's really awesome to be able to have that niche and to be able to say, this is what I do. If you need a normal photographer, I've got the right person for you but it's not me and mm. to be able to um, to then do that in, in a number of different ways for different people. So, so
0: yeah. we met initially at church we both happened to go to the same church and mm. I've got an interest in photography and an interest in the arts and you said to me that you're a photographer and I sort of said "Oh, okay great that's a big area what do you do within photography and you explained it to me and my brain went blank because <laughs> because if you haven't seen the finished product of what it is that you create it's kind of oh i, I blend yeah. these images together to tell a story huh
1: yeah I, yeah.
0: That doesn't directly mean anything <laughs> to me. So just for the sake of people listening who do happen to have their computers handy, where is somewhere that someone could go online right now and see <laughs> an example of your work?
1: Look, if they hit storyart.com, they will land on a site that gives them everything that I do and, and a lot of different visual examples of what it is that I do. So go on to storyart.com and then you'll be able to see. And it, it, is, it is like that. It's like any time anyone asks, me what do I do I kind of give up trying to explain it get my phone out and I have to show them the Mm -hmm. images Uh, yeah
0: yes Uh, and now if you're driving (laughs) the car please don't please don't look up the website right now but under any other circumstances do yourself a favour if you have access to a computer right now do yourself a favour and go to storyart.com and have a look and you'll understand why this kind of art is kind of difficult to explain now I do want to talk about the heart project in just a minute because really that was actually that was how I really Mm. discovered what it is that you do. That Mm -hmm. was where I went from, Oh, you know, Karen does this interesting thing that I'm not quite sure about to, holy crap, this is amazing. Um, (laughs) But I want to get there in just a minute. I want to stay focused on the business side of things for just a moment. Mm -hmm. Can you just have a little bit of a brag? Who are some of the clients? Who are some of the people that at a commercial level are paying you for your work? And what is some of the international reach that you've had in terms of awards, teaching, these sorts of things?
1: Mm, Wow. Okay. Well, Uh, I I have done a lot of work for a lot of imaging companies and I work really closely with them. I have quite a few ambassadorships with uh, different ones as well. So you're talking about... Nikon um, and Adobe, Wacom, although people pronounce it Wacom, but it's actually Wacom, Uh, so that's the (laughs) digital graphics tablet for anyone that doesn't know. Um, Epson, so uh, there's stacks of those kind of companies that I work very, very closely with, uh, not just doing work, but also educating for them and uh, teaching on their behalf. Uh, I've, I, I speak around the world, which is <laughs> very tough right now uh, during the COVID situation. I was meant to be in uh, Los, as I was meant to be in Los Angeles, pretty much now uh, for Adobe Max. Needing mm. to do that online this year, um, but yeah, I've just had so many opportunities to be able to uh, create. Um, and to also speak I've created uh, work uh, if you're ever in Melbourne at the Pullman Hotel there's some massive wall murals in there that uh, I created so yeah lots lots and lots of different incredible projects. Um, I think the first real opportunity that I got given was soon after I started winning these awards and and creating this work. I I got asked to be a, a teacher on a program called Creative Live. And Creative Live is an online um, website, uh, classroom sort of situation where people can go online, they can choose different... Um, subjects and they can have someone teach them and it's usually a two-day three-day class Uh, they broadcast live so I was live in the studio in Seattle teaching uh, about 16,000 people live online how to uh, create an Alice in Wonderland image I had a rabbit in the studio an actual rabbit and um, it was amazing and then (laughs) it was sort of probably even from there that uh, a lot of other opportunities kind of opened up as well so I'm very thankful for that. All right,
0: just to draw a bit of a line under the business, the the strictly sort of money side of it, I want to ask a direct question that you're very allowed to give a very uh, abstract answer to. Mm. Is it possible to actually, and and I'm not asking about your specific circumstances because that's none of my business, but is it possible in a field as competitive as photography, where a lot of people just say well i've got a i've got a camera on my phone why would i pay for a photographer or you've got a continuous supply of graduates coming out of Mm. out of art school or photography school using a camera their mum bought them and living in their dad's basement and you've got to compete with all of these people is it possible to actually earn a living a a living to the degree that Mm. you could you could feed a family in that industry
1: Yeah, it it absolutely is, but I'm not here to say it's easy. Mm. Um, there there's there's types of photography that I I, I do think are easier than other others. And to be honest, when we were photographing weddings, that was kind of an easy thing because everyone knows they need a wedding photographer. They kind of have an idea of how much they would to you know they would spend on a wedding photographer, and it's not too hard to get people over the line and kind of get a lot of word-of-mouth marketing from different people. Mm. This, what I do now, um, it's very niche. So I, I can cha- charge a, a lot for what I do because of that um, and because of what's required. But at the same time, because it's very niche and it's like you said before, it's, it's hard to explain what I do and people don't necessarily know... That they want it until they mm. see it. So there's a big there's a big need to market it really well. And so a lot of what I do is sharing my work behind the scenes videos, a lot of videos. Video is a big part of what I do in sharing the story of of how I create. Um, and so it yeah, look, it's it's not easy. And I think business to be in business and to actually make money uh, as a photographer, a business owner, you need to be creative with the business side of things as well. Not just the photography You can be an awesome photographer, but if you're not creative in the business sense and uh, you don't understand that side of things, it can be very, very difficult to make a living. So right. that being said, I'm doing better than I ever have before. Uh, and certainly going from weddings to story art, uh, you know, I'm now a company. Uh, I'm sort of, I, I guess I'm living the dream in, in a lot of ways, but um, yeah, it, it's, mm. it's a lot of hard work along the way.
0: Yeah. And and, and well done you for, for getting to that point. I do want to come back to what you just said about getting creative in business. Cause that's exactly what mm. this podcast is about, but I want to do that close to the end because you've given me the perfect segue into um, the heart project and mm-hmm. really uh, I'm going to tell the story of sort of the moment where I went from, from you being this photographer friend, we chatted uh, your husband and family had hung out with me and my wife and our family. We had <laughs> had lunch a couple of times. Uh, and then all of a sudden this video got played and you mentioned you you do a lot of video. Now yes. the video was for one of your heart projects. Uh, it was for, it was done for a young man by the name of Julian Cadman. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to tell people if you can, I don't care if you pause the podcast, pause the podcast and go to theheartproject.com.au forward slash TV. That'll take you to theheartproject.com.au forward slash TV is the videos page. And Mm -hmm. on that page in the first four or so videos, you will see a video that has Julian Cadman named there in the video. Now play that video and watch it. And if by the end of that video, you aren't blown away and you have a tear in your eye and your heart is pounding, then, then go and get yourself medically checked out because I'm not sure whether you're alive or not. That video was played at church, completely unexpected, where we I, w- I was just at church. I was actually in the parents' room looking after my son who was very young at the time. And then that video came on the screens and I just started watching it because, hey, there's a, something a bit more interesting uh, than, than, the, than the usual. And, and then it, it, it was this video. And I was utterly just, I, I have not been impacted by a piece of, of art in that way. And this video really is a piece of art. It's about how you made a piece of art, but the video itself is a, is a piece of art in its own right. So enough from me. Can you tell us about the Heart Project? Tell us about Julian Cadman and that project in particular, mm-hmm. because I think it really does capture the essence of, of what this is all about.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, the Heart Project is all about helping families and people that that have challenges. And we've found a way to do that through photographic art. And for Julian, um, Julian Cadman passed away in the Barcelona terror attacks and um, just a young boy and his mum reached out to me. And I I didn't know when she first reached out to me uh, via email Uh, Who she was or what the situation was she simply asked me if I could create an image of um, Multiple photos that she had of her son in superhero outfits. I didn't know that Julian had passed away I didn't know anything, but I kind of it sort of triggered something for me to I, I think I need to check and do a bit of google searching to kind of find out and I and I then I found her story and found out that um he was one of the victims of the Barcelona terror attacks and that she'd been holding his hand just um outside a toy store and that he'd just been ripped away from her she'd um she'd gone uh, got run over as well she was in a coma for a long time and it's just absolutely obviously just devastating um so as soon as I heard all of this and I, I found out I just knew I had to do something mm. to to help her, um, to help her to grieve, to help her to bring um, some hope for, you know, she she wanted to share Julian's story um, in such a way that it encouraged others. She's, you know, they're going through so much, but she wanted to share that. So, you know, she sent me all the photos and, and I got to work creating this Avengers poster to Um, to really honour Julian's memory and Mm. then I took it up to her in Sydney and, and we delivered it in person and, and yeah, just, just to be able to do that and to, to help through just a piece of art, but you know, it's not just that. Um, I think it's the connection and and everything else. Yeah. Just, just being there and, and, you know, she knows that I'm there for her now. Um, And I think that's the same with all of the families that we've helped with the heart project. You Mm. know, they're, they're, they're part of, they're part of a community. Now they're part, they've got some support um, from people that really care. So yeah, that's just, yeah. yeah. I'm
0: going <laughs> to, I'm going to say it one more time for anyone that hasn't gone to the website yet. Go to the forward slash TV it's the julian cadman video that you'll see there now julian of course as you say isn't the only uh, person that you've done this for and his family mm. isn't the only family that you've helped i think he he epitomizes what you do uh, mm. but there there is now this community this 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 sort of group of families that that have that connection with each other actually through you because of what you've done uh, for each of them tell me a little bit about the impact that you've seen some of your projects have mm. just in terms of that healing uh, and And the grieving process, because they really, those families really let you in, and you do get to see a lot yeah. of that.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I have to bring us back, I think, to the very first Heart Project uh, and and how it all started because I initially got an email from someone, uh, her name was Jackie, and she reached out to me because she'd been seeing all of my creative work and she wanted to find out if I could create something of her daughter, um, Talia. Now, Talia at the time was five and um, she can't walk, she can't speak, she can't hold herself up. Uh, It was at the time more of an unknown, uh, disease that she had they've, they've found out a bit more now but um she uh, she her mum, as a photographer had all these amazing photos of talia but they were all of her in the chair or lying down and she thought right. that there would be a way for me to free talia from those limitations in a photo mm. um, so that that was actually the very very start, and um, we got we got Talia into the studio. I photographed her in many many different um, angles, and you know the parents held her up, and you know I, I got I got all different shots of her legs and her arms, and I got the most beautiful smile on her face, um, and I blended all that together, and I created an image where she's free flying in the sky with butterflies holding her up. Her her little dog is down below just watching. She's left the chair and she's, she's just free. And that, that image that they, they keep telling me, that family keep telling me that that's just the most important thing in their house. And that'd be the first thing that they grabbed, you know, if there was a fire or something, it's just so important. And, you know, from that um, and this has happened a lot of times, but from that now, Jackie, Uh, is part of the heart project she's helped run um, christmas wish in the adelaide hospital for Mm. three years running she's done a number of her own projects for other people and it's just like this snowball effect of you help someone and then and then they in turn start helping other people and start using their gifts it's yeah it's pretty incredible
0: You're doing my job for me. You're making this far too easy because the Christmas Christmas wish was next. And I really do, because this is about, this whole podcast is about people that bring value. And I'm particularly focused on people that have their own businesses, big or small, that bring value financially in community and also in ideas. And, And you tick all three of those boxes and we're talking about the community side of things here. So can you, can you tell me about the community that has, or what is the Christmas wish and what has happened internationally with the Christmas wish?
1: Yeah, it's pretty massive actually just to think. So four years ago the first time that we ran Christmas Wish, we took uh, a small group, a small team into the Monash Children's Hospital. We took Santa with us, um, the most amazing Santa you'll ever meet. He's, he's the real deal. Uh, and uh, we, we, we set up a green screen studio at the hospital. We had Santa there, we had some props and we had uh, the children who are stuck in the hospital during the Christmas season. We had them come and have their photo taken. And they, did, they had no idea that this was gonna be anything more than just a standard Santa photo. Mm. And so what happened that day is, we took the photos in the morning, and then we went into a back room and I, started editing them all and I don't know how I did this, but I I managed to get through 30, 30 images, creating them, putting them into magical Christmas scenes. Um, And then we printed them and we delivered them that night. You know, everyone stayed till, I think we were there till 10, 11 at night, even Santa. And we were delivering them to these families and they were just blown away. You know, they got these, these beautiful images of their child in this magical Christmas land, you know, that they can treasure and so yeah that, that was the first one that we did and and from there it it was oh let let's try and do we can do this further we can we can stretch this beyond just one hospital and we went into uh, three hospitals across Australia the next year and then and we grew the team and then we went into hospitals uh, uh, more hospitals around Australia and then we stretch it around the world so now we sort of manage teams all around the world team leaders uh, arranged to go in the hospitals and we have like a hundred editors working online during it as well so that we can so I don't have to do all these (laughs) images now (laughs) so it'd be impossible we we did like 400 images last um last year and we were able to deliver these all to these families so it's it's an amazing thing. These
0: editors, in many cases, I don't know about all, but in many cases, these are editors that have actually studied your work and actually learned Mm. their craft, at least in part from you through your education
1: quite a lot yeah quite a lot of them are um and but one of the other things that we do is that i have a full training set up for these editors and for everyone that is involved in christmas wish mm, you know awesome. so that they can actually yeah they can they can learn what needs to be done and and so then the ones that are just starting out then they're, they're not as fearful they, they know they're going to be get helped along the way and it's a great learning opportunity for them to you know really push themselves so mm-hmm. and last year too we also ran um workshops in every state in Australia thanks to nikon who who um supported that and sponsored that uh, and so I was able to actually in person teach a whole lot of people what we do with Christmas wish and how to do it and so it's not just um, for Christmas wish but they might take those skills into another avenue and and do that with um, with their own within their own circles mm. yeah.
0: All right. I, I want to move well, move on, but also move back a little bit, and and just kind of taking stock of the whole spectrum of what we've covered, the the, the career that you've had, the pivots that you've made along the way to end up where you are, uh, the incredible success that you are enjoying, and the the respect and admiration that you've earned from from the industry around the world. Taking stock of all of that. Is there something that stands out to you along the way as a decision that you've made or a a something about yourself that you disciplined yourself to do or an an attitude that you chose to take with you? Is there something that you believe contributed very significantly to what you've achieved?
1: Mm, That's a really good question. Um, there's probably quite a few different things, but I think one of the things that I've, I've always done along the way is to make sure that what I'm doing is, is bringing joy, not, you know, to myself, but to others as well. Mm. Um, to, to be doing things that, um, you know, sometimes you have to do the the hard stuff that you don't really like, but sure. you know, even in that, even in that as quick as I can to be able to even outsource things like that, that, mm. that, at uh, are actually bring me joy, like the accounting or the cleaning or whatever it might be. Does, does that bring anybody joy? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the if, accountant, if, maybe.
0: If we were all Marie Kondo, if we were all Marie Kondo acolytes, there would be no accountants <laughs> because everyone, it does not bring anybody joy. Anyway, sorry. Yeah.
1: But um, yeah, it's, it's in just being able to, I mean, if you're running a business the, the whole reason you run a business and you don't work for someone else is to be able to kind of really do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, you know, even for the work that I do with the heart project, the volunteer work, any, anything that I do that's volunteer, I, I also make sure that I see that as the, it's, it's important. It's more important probably, I know it is, but as important as if I'm getting paid. So Mm -hmm. I'm not treating anything that I'm doing as second rate, Mm -hmm. that I put my all into everything, everything Mm -hmm. that I do. Yeah. All
0: right. Let me flip that question on its head. Is there something that you look back on and go, you know what, that was the wrong direction. I went off in the (laughs) the wrong direction. I did something that kind of damaged me. I I had to then recover from, I took a backward step. Is there something along the way that you view as a mistake in some way?
1: Most of the things that I've done, I can see the positives from, even if I might change them in the past, um, because I've learned from them. But. Uh, there's a few there's probably three examples so one is <laughs> I decided that in those early um, years of going from okay I can't do wedding photography what else can I do with young kids let's try newborn photography mm. and um, yeah I put a lot of money into <laughs> setting up for that I bought mm. a lot of props I did a lot of training and uh, six months down the track I realized this is not me I cannot continue I can't do this kind of work it's from it was just everything about it I think the monotony of the same thing it just wasn't me I I have full respect for people that do that um but I can't so it's you know you but in that I you know maybe I wasted some time but I learn a lot about myself and Mm -hmm. I learn a lot about what I don't want to be doing Mm -hmm. and um yeah I think that's an important lesson so and I think even going back further the same thing. I, uh, in my earlier years, I volunteered a lot on a lot of things, Um, you know, with church, with um, running a whole lot of different uh, things like rangers and kids things. And Mm -hmm. I wouldn't change all of that for the world. Like that was a really important time. Um, But from a business perspective um, I did didn't have enough time for my business so it was pretty stagnant for a while because mm. of that but you know as I said I wouldn't change it um, I think it's just you, you have seasons and you work out balances as you go and and things change along the mm. way
0: well speaking of, of kind of balance you've got a family you've got you've got a husband you've got two wonderful children I, I've met I've met your whole family you've had me at your house for dinner and a wonderful dinner it was but how do you given A, your husband also works so you're both working Uh, you've got two young children at a time in their lives when they they want their mum and their dad and they they want Mm. to have family but you're not only working and earning a living but you're also actually then traveling training uh, pre-COVID obviously doing the various (laughs) things that you've that you've talked about how have you kind of balanced all of that are there some conscious decisions that you've made or or have you just managed to sort of fall into or find a way that works
1: uh, no, there's, there's definitely conscious decisions. Um, and it, it is, it's a tough balance. I think when I started doing the story art work, I wasn't expecting as much travel. Um, you know, I was kind of choosing to do it because of family balance. And so as, you know, things opened up, I had more opportunities, I had more opportunity to travel, some hard decisions had to be made. But, you know, we've had great opportunities to take the kids to a lot of these things, um, to travel with them. And so, yeah, the, the times where I have to go by myself and leave them for maybe two weeks, that's really hard. Mm. Um, but I do know that I've, you know, Stuart's so supportive. He's there for them. He's, um, he, he works at the school they go to. So in terms of, uh, life balance and routine. Everything's pretty much the same as when I'm mm. here. Mm. So, um, so that, that's a plus I suppose. Um, mm. but yeah, I, I know I can't, I do have to have those boundaries and I, I do say no to quite a few things too, because it would be just too much, too much time away from yeah. them. Yeah. You know, Christmas wish I was gone for three weeks, mm. pretty much straight. And it's at Christmas time and yeah, yeah, I'm traveling around the country with Santa and that's kind of cool, but my kids are at home. Mm. And the year previously I was in Auckland with Santa again for Christmas wish. And, and Jazzy, my daughter was in, she ended up in hospital with asthma. And oh, wow. so that was tough because she's back in hospital and I'm, you know, in another country and uh, hospitals with other hospital. kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Mm. I want to talk for a moment about COVID. This is not, to me, COVID is one of those things, it's going to pass. Life will get back to some version of normal that probably won't yep. be radically different to the version that we had before, probably just with a bit more hand washing and, and that sort of thing. <laughs> um, so I don't want to spend too much time on it. However, I do think that all the shutdowns, and, and Melbourne is in, is back into a yep. hard shutdown now. We are, we are in the harshest uh, lockdown that we've seen anywhere in Australia and, and among the harshest that have actually happened anywhere in the world as a result of, of this whole COVID thing. Now that's mm. a really interesting opportunity from my point of view to learn from business people, how do you pivot in a moment mm. like this? How does this impact your business? I, I presume it impacts more the actual photography than it does the, yep. the Photoshop and that sort of thing. So what are the changes that you've had to make or that you've made in response mm. to COVID and the lockdown that we've got?
1: Mm. Well, yeah, it's, it's absolutely had an impact on what I can photograph, but because I was already teaching online and had established that I was able to kick that up a few notches Mm -hmm. and, um, obviously I've been, I've been doing a lot of that and at times it's draining because then you're kind of losing that other creativity, creativity that, that I would be doing. Um, so I've sort of had a, a little bit of a break over the last few weeks to just do some creative work and not be teaching and not be, you know, you got to have breaks and, and know how you're feeling about things. But one of the awesome things that has come out of this is that I've really had to um, improve on the whole live streaming thing and I've, I've taken it to a point where now I'm teaching it. So mm. I've gone from, okay, yeah, I'm just using uh, Zoom or whatever else to teach, I'm doing live Photoshop. Now I'm teaching people how to set up cameras, how to set up professional live streams, how to use multicams. Mm. Uh, I'm assisting and consulting on that. And, you know, it's kind of like not even part of my business model, but for <laughs> this period of time, it, it it's is. Become,
0: <laughs> <yes>.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, it's it's been a really interesting time. Um, and I think that the really important thing through all of this for, for anyone running a business is, yeah, we might be stopped from doing certain things, but we always have to be front of mind and we always have to be, um, I think we need to be there to help as many people as possible. You know, the first thing I did when the first lot of lockdowns happened was to contact all of my sponsors and find out from them, what can I do to help you guys? Mm. What can what can I do? Can I help run some live streams? Can I help you guys run some live streams? Um, and so from that, there's been great opportunity. Um, one of the things that came out of it too, and this is a little bit techie, but um there was a real rush on the device that you need to connect a mirrorless or a dslr to a computer to make it um live stream right so the uh the adapter that you need uh the usb um camera adapter to make it a webcam you couldn't get anywhere so we i started in talks with um with a company that does live streaming and they have a software system called ecam live and said look is there a way you can make the cameras in particular, the Nikon camera work just via USB as a webcam?
0: Yeah, right.
1: And um, we went back Which and forth. Which is not what
0: they're designed for.
1: No, it's it's not, but it was possible. I knew it was possible. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we did a little bit of work back and forth and then they were able to get it working and then they were able to get all the other cameras working. And so wow. from that, you know everyone's able to use their cameras via USB without that so that was that was pretty awesome to be able to have a hand in that side of things yeah
0: well karen this has been just an absolute thrill I've, I've loved talking to you and and i think you you tick all the boxes in terms of creating value and bringing value you're you're an artist who is actually you know genuinely able to pay their bills out of their art and that is a pretty unique thing to begin with but also, mm. if, you, if you talk to any artist, and especially the artists of the world, um, they will all tell you that they're having an impact. They're making a difference. They're changing the world. But I think if you look at your body of work and you you look at the way that people are responding to it, it tells you very clearly that you really actually are. You really are making a difference. And you you are very much building communities around your work uh, and helping people at the same time. And sharing your ideas with us was, um, was fantastic. But then to actually find out not only that, but now you've been involved in innovative software that has reduced the the hardware dependencies that existed before you came along and helped well you 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 are the triple threat you've ticked all the boxes <laughs> um but before we wind up i do just want to give you one last kind of uh, shot at, uh, at sharing a bit more wisdom with us let's say there is a young version of yourself and not necessarily in photography but definitely someone who wants to be in the arts hmm. to be able to earn a living Not be the starving artist, but to actually be able to get to the point through hard work and and dedication and focus and niching and everything else, get Mm. to the point where they they can turn a profit and feed a family, but also make a difference in people's lives. Is there some advice? Is there a thought that you would pass on to them that might hold them in good stead as they go on that journey?
1: I think that really important that you value yourself, um, that you value your work and, you know, to be able to do both of those things, you almost need to separate um, in in some ways the work side of things and the helping. Uh, I think mm. one of the things that, I find is important. So when it's work, when it's story art, when I'm, when I need to get paid for what I'm worth, then I I need to make sure that I'm charging my worth. Mm. Um, and that that income then actually gives me a little bit of a buffer then to be able to say, well, I want to go out and help this person and I don't need to earn anything from that. Um, because if you start to try and want to earn from, uh, you know, your, your charity work, it, it just, it just doesn't, doesn't, right it doesn't it doesn't Mm. it doesn't really work Mm. um so to be able to do really well to value yourself you got to you got to start that from the very start Mm. um one i think one of the risks is that people start out and they charge very very little for their work and then they find it very very hard to actually um, charge what they're worth later on. Yes. So one of the things that I share quite often with um, my masterclass students is, you know, figure out what, how long would it take you to create this when you're really good at it? Okay, what's, what, what's it worth um, based on that? What's your, what's your time worth? Mm-hmm. Now, charge, charge that, but don't charge people the extra time it takes you to figure it all out. Charge right. what it should be worth later when once you're good you're at fast, it. Once you're fast, once you're good. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a good way to approach yeah. that. I've not yeah. heard that one before. That's 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 actually very clever. Well, Karen, mm-hmm. thank you so much. I'm I'm really grateful. I'm blown away. Um, I've actually I, I rewatched that uh, that Julian Cadman video before we started this podcast. Yeah. I, I had to pull myself together again um, in preparation for the podcast. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah. if you're if you're listening and you haven't been yet to. Uh, Theheartproject.com and uh, and had a look at the, the videos there. It's or the work there. It's amazing. How can people find you if they wanted to follow you? If they're interested in, for example, your education side of things or yeah. other things, how would people find you and follow you?
1: Yeah, well, the storyart.com will take them to most places. And really, if you just uh, Google story art, you'll come up on a bunch of different things there. Um, story Art Australia is my Instagram handle. Find me on Facebook as well. So they're probably the best best spaces to find me on.
0: Well, Karen, thank you so much for uh, for coming and joining me in episode two of Living
1: Value. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for listening to episode two of Living Value. I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I have, and that you're inspired and encouraged by the people that we've met so far in this series. If you're getting value from this podcast, then please consider going to toferfield.locals.com and becoming one of my supporters. It's only thanks to my supporters that I can spend the time creating this podcast, as well as the content on my Facebook page and the videos that I create. So please consider supporting this podcast. And
1: in any case, I hope you'll join me for episode three of living value.